Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jeremy bounded into his room. His feet slid on the smooth floor as he turned and hurriedly draped curtains back over the entrance. He rested his back against a wall and sunk slowly to the floor, panting as he fell. He narrowed his eyes and gazed around the room. His figurine still stood on top of his dresser. His books were still on their shelf. The floor was still littered with dirty clothes. He nodded to himself. Everything where it should be. He crawled across his floor and pulled a blanket from his bed. He curled it up and hastily lowered himself. He peered under the bed. Misfit, he whispered. I'm back. He squinted into the darkness. In the dim lantern light, he could just make out the thin pool of water he'd poured, a mirror beneath his bed. But it was too dark. He propped himself up and pulled the lantern from his bedside. He shuffled it carefully under the hem of his bed, moving sheets out of the way. The soft orange glow illuminated the puddle. Misfit? He paused. And slowly, the reflections in the puddle began to swirl, twisting the darkness and orange light within the water. It glowed and spun till, with a subtle breath, a face appeared in its surface, a reflection without a caster. I'm back! Jeremy whispered, kicking his feet. So you are, came the voice from the puddle. Was your mission successful, little one? Ah, uh, you can call me Jeremy, said Jeremy. And it was awesome. Do you want to hear about it? The reflection pulsed in the orange light. Jeremy couldn't see much from where he was, lying on the blanket gazing under the bed. But he swore he saw it prop its chin up on its hands. Tell me everything. Span no detail. Getting to the doorway was easy. I only had one woman ask where I was going, and I just told her I was going to study the song, and she bought it. As I got closer, I had to be more sneaky. You should have seen me, Misfit. I was so stealthy. At one point, a man looked right at me, and I just stood perfectly still. He looked so confused. He just kept walking didn't even see me. It was so cool. But the trickiest part was getting through the doorway. It was surrounded by guards. I saw a group of attendants lining up, getting ready to go through, and I thought, perfect! I can just pretend to be one of them. 
So as they were getting ready for the ritual, I sneaked a set of their robes from the storeroom. I looked just like them. I was so nervous, but I got in line anyway. Their priest started walking down the line, checking that everyone was there. I held my head high and pushed out my chest. Mama always says that confidence is key. But as the priest got to me, he frowned. He looked me up and down. I don't know what set him off, but clearly he saw right through my disguise. Perhaps because the rest of the attendants are adults, and you are eight. Mm, I guess everyone else was a good deal taller than me. Anyway, I could tell he wasn't buying it, so I ran. I took off down a corridor, and then another one, and another one. <laughs> I got super lost. And I could hear them shouting behind me. They were chasing me. And then I remembered. The figurines you gave me. The little guards. I pulled a bag out of my pocket and sat one of the little men on the ground. I hadn't used one before. It was so cool. It made, like, a copy of me. But it wasn't me. It was like a ghost. Like a reflection made out of smoke. The little toy man ran and led the fake me away. And the people chasing me followed him. I hid until I couldn't hear them anymore. Thank you for the figurines, by the way. That's okay. I'm glad you like them. Once they were gone, I snuck back the way I'd come and eventually got to the doorway again. And wouldn't you know, all the guards were gone. They must have run off to chase the fake me. So I started climbing up through the doorway. It was more difficult than I expected. I mean, it's got stairs and a handrail and everything, but like, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Well, it's pretty much just a really big hole that goes up to the above. So I was climbing straight up. It was so tiring. When I got to the top, I just laid down on my face for like a whole five minutes. After that, I started trying to find a way out of the cathedral. That's the big building that surrounds the top of the doorway. It was pretty easy because there aren't many people above, so I could mostly just wander around. And then I got to a door. It was so scary, Misfit. It took me a while to figure out how it worked. It has this, like, grabby bit that you can hold, and when you twist it right, the door opens. And so, I opened the door, and oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe it. It was so beautiful, and also very bright. It hurt my eyes a lot. It stung so bad. But once I could see again, it was beautiful. There wasn't any roof, it just went up and up and up and I couldn't see when it ended. I could see trees off in the distance but they were so big and bright. And there was someone massive. I couldn't see them but I could feel them breathing. Their breath blew through my hair and it made me shiver. Oh, I wish you could have seen it, Misfit. It was amazing. I've seen above before, Jeremy. What? You have? No way. I'm above right now. Whoa! You're so lucky. Did you see the trees too? Why didn't you come and meet me? I'm in a different above. It's very far away from your above. Oh, how far away? When you looked up to where the roof should be. Up, 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 and it just kept going. That's where my above is. Wow. What happened next? Oh, right. Well, then I left the cathedral, and I was in the holy city. It was so... sharp. 
Every building had doors, and they were all made of squares so you could stack them together. The ground was made of little squares, all placed one after the other, and the buildings had roofs that pointed up to your above. It was so cool, but it also looked like it was falling apart. Some of the squares had fallen from the buildings, and heaps of them were being eaten by the trees. At one point, I was walking past one of the small trees, one of the ground ones that doesn't have a trunk, and it started moving. I didn't know trees could move, so I hid behind a corner. Oh, corners are like where the squares in a building... I, I know what a corner is, Jeremy. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I watched the moving tree and then something jumped out of it. It was terrifying. It was small and covered in hair and it had really long ears. I just watched it. It started eating some of the tree that covers the ground everywhere. And, I mean, it didn't look mean, so I started to move towards it. You went up to it, Jeremy. You didn't know what it was. That was very reckless. You could have been hurt. Oh, I'm sorry, but but it was fine, because it hopped over to me and it just kind of sat there. And then, more of them appeared, and they just sat around me and ate the ground tree, and they let me touch them. It was the best ever. But eventually, I decided I had to keep going, so I went on and kept exploring the city. I saw so many things. Some of the hallways were so skinny that it stopped the light getting in. And in some places, the trees had gotten so tall, I could climb them and look out over the whole city. In each of the buildings, they had a little table. It was always covered with a bit of cloth, usually purple or black, and had lots of candles and figurines on it. Like mine, but more boring. And then I found a big church. It was weird. There weren't any spots for the musician to sit, and they had a big painting on the back that was all dark. Dark? Yeah, like, uh, what happens when Mum leaves the pan on the fire for too long? Ah, I see. I found lots of cool stuff, but then I started to get tired. I looked around, and I realized I wasn't sure how to get back. I started to get worried, so I climbed a tree to see what I could see. But while I was up there, a man saw me. A man? Yeah, he was funny looking. His skin wasn't grey, it was all pink. And his hair was so long and yellow. And his eyes were so small, like the size of a coin. He was wearing nice clothes though. They were all flowy and blue. He spied me up in the tree and I said, Uh oh, you weren't supposed to see me. And he said, Then, then what are you, are you doing up in a tree, in a tree where, where everyone could see you? I'm lost. I said, I'm trying to see what way the cathedral is. I can, I can show, show you the, the way. way, he said. He seemed pretty nice, so I started to climb down from the tree. He asked me what I was doing in the holy city. I told him I had heard about the fluffy jumpers and wanted to see them. Ha, <laughs> see, I lied. He laughed and told me they were called rabbits. Apparently they're everywhere here. I asked him what he was doing in the city. I, I live, here, live here, he said. You live in the holy city? I, I do. do. Wow, that's so cool. Aren't you scared? It's so sharp up here. I'm pretty I'm careful. I'm pretty careful. He said. I asked him why the city was like this, all falling apart and stuff. He said that a long time ago there was a very evil man that ruled over the holy city. He was very mean and everyone was sad. He let monsters, he let monsters into, their into their city. city. 
But then, one day, a good man came and defeated the evil ruler. He helped the people build new homes underneath the city, where they would be safe from the monsters. That's why no one lives here anymore. He's lying, you know. Oh, really? I thought it was a pretty nice story. He led me back to the cathedral and told the guards to help me back home. Thanks for showing me the way, I said. Thank you you for for listening to my story, he said. I told him that I thought he was a very nice man, and I gave him a hug. He really was a very nice man, Misfit. That's why I put my mirror in his pocket. You what? I thought you might like to meet him, so I put my mirror in his pocket so you can visit him. You put a mirror in his pocket? I'm sorry. I know you gave it to me so we could talk in emergencies, but now you can talk to him too. (laughs) Jeremy, it's okay. It's okay. You did very well. I did? Exceptionally well. In fact, I think awfully soon we may get to meet in person. Really? Even though your above is so far away? Yes, I think so. Jeremy grinned and kicked his feet. The reflection in the puddle smiled too. Do you want to go first? Um, oh, I, do we say welcome to the Sky Machine now or do we say it later? When do we say it? We haven't like... We, we, we say it later. Usually oh, we say it in part just... three. Okay, we just go. Yeah. Great. Um, I can go first. Um, I, I, I'm getting my notes up and I know what my first one is. It's very silly. Um, it's Amoeba World. Um, uh, okay. So uh, I found myself re-watching, much to my own dismay, uh, Rick and Morty. And mm-hmm. um, they, Uh-oh. yeah, I know. And they do a, 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 it's a very classic, you know, uh, trope of going inside someone's body uh, as little, like, you know, there are like cell people, yes. like amoebas, mm-hmm. uh, like, um, what's it? Uh, something Jones, um, uh, Thingy Jones, where he's a little amoeba played by Will Smith. Um, uh, oh, how can I, I don't not know remember? what you're talking about. What? You know, you know that movie? Um, <sighs> You don't know anything. God. No. Um, I have to Google it. Um, uh, uh, Amoeba Jones? What's his name? Osmosis Jones. I've never heard of it. Osmosis Jones, 2001 film, where he is a little amoeba, and he's he's a white blood cell, uh, and he's trying to stop. He's inside, I think, Bill Murray's body. Um, I'm sorry, wait, what time was this made? 2001. Um, I'm sure the graphics are amazing. Well, it's 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 all cartoon. Um, it's, oh, okay. Well, that's not as bad. When it's not in Bill Murray, it shows you Bill Murray, and then it goes into the cartoon inside his body, and it's actually pretty cool. Okay. Um, but the, I like I, I was I was like it'd be really fun to just be like messing around with like white blood cells and red blood cells and stuff. Um, 
That would be wild. It's a it's a common trope. But that was yeah, that was my first one. It's it's real silly, but I, I thought it was fun. fun. Mm-hmm. Well, both of mine are a bit more serious. Both both uh, of mine are quite light this, or not light, but like uh, not too in depth this week. Mine are both quite in depth. Hell yeah. So we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first idea is um, once again a civilization mm-hmm. because I seem to be about those big picture things. Mm-hmm. Um, also, apologies, there is construction going on. I don't know if you can hear that. Mm. Um, but I thought of a civilization that's just as a whole super, super superstitious. Ooh. Um, and so they've built a city without any liminal spaces. Mm. Like, how would that work? Because yeah. it would mean, like, no crossroads or doorways or corners. I mean, if you just have one big room, right? <laughs> if the city is just one big space. But liminal and you're not spaces, allowed to leave. Yeah, liminal spaces are, like, I feel like they're, they're a necessary thing of any structure. So that would be really, really challenging. Or so even if it, like even a... if it's none, because I feel like world building, you you struggle when you say there are none of this. If you say mm. this is policed or doctored, so there are liminal spaces, but they are you know sacred or reviled, which are the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah. In, in superstition, um, and so it's like there are a couple of them that, that that are necessary, but to go through them, you have to like you know wash your hands and your body first, or like put an oil or like there is this very the very set of um like specific uh superstitions um, that's interesting yeah yeah that you have to deal with them when you interact with them. okay that's cool i feel like that could tie into my second idea oh um, fun if you're if that's everything you want to say on that um yep. i have been i i just re well not rewatched i watched um oh no i did rewatch i rewatched season one wait did i i don't remember anyway um i watched season two of uh, my favorite, one of my favorite shows, Kingdom, the Korean feudal, uh, feudal Korean zombie show. It is um, fantastic and amazing, um, uh, starring uh, Baiduna, Baiduna, who I love so much. Um, cool. It's really fascinating because, like, in our culture, we don't have honor really as a concept. It's 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 very like not often thought of. Whereas in this like feudal korean society almost all of the plot is driven by concerns around honor um oh wow and i think that is fascinating so i'm like oh i want to do an honor bound and honor driven society where you know in like the classic D example that i think is a very good um understanding of narrative construction you have good versus evil and law versus chaos are like two axes of conflict but this you know sort of third axis that you could put in there is um honor versus dishonor and honor versus dishonor would be uh really fascinating like uh you you get a lot of interesting stories um uh where it's like not necessarily making the choice between what is good or what is bad but what is more or less honorable. Um, and yeah, I've always cool. found, you know, we're in our Curse of Strahd game, we're playing with the alternative sanity um, uh, stat, but there's also in the the DMG, the alternative honor stat. And I've always wanted to run an honor game. Um, I actually have yeah, ideas cool. for a D&D game inspired by Kingdom that is that you use both the honor and the sanity stat because it's about 
being a mundane person fighting monsters um, in an honorable society. And so it's really, really interesting that in this show, I think it does a better job than Game of Thrones of being like, here is a medieval society up against, or not medieval, but like a a feudal society up against um, monsters, because Game of Thrones does that, but they really sort of like, eh, whatever. Um, (laughs) In this, it's like, oh, we're fighting monsters, but the main concern is how do I serve my emperor? (laughs) Um, Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really, really fascinating. And like... um, the emperor is a zombie like you learn that pretty early nice. on but the people don't nice. know um and they've mm-hmm. they've like zombified him to keep the queen in power um and oh. so she's like uh pregnant and so she's like until we're gonna keep the king a zombie i.e alive until my son is born and then we're gonna kill the king or the emperor um it's very very fascinating so i thought an honor bound society mm. would be really cool and that could be related to this like very superstitious society in some way i don't know could be cool yeah totally okay mm. awesome mm. well for my second idea um it's basically um a world where light doesn't bounce Ooh. so pretty much like the whole thing is that shadows and shade exist because well light will hit the surface and bounce off and illuminate things that yeah. aren't directly in the path of light so i'm just saying what if light hits a space and just stops so all shadows are pitch black it's it's all or nothing in terms of light well no the way that that would work is that it would just be darkness because <laughs> we we see things because of bouncing light the only way that we we see an object is because it reflects light um all objects reflect light except like you know vanta black and blacker black and um black two and stuff um, those those substances that people have made that are as black as black can be because they absorb all light. So if nothing reflected light, then uh, everything would absorb light and everything would be black because we wouldn't see anything. Like we wouldn't we wouldn't get any light to our receptors. Okay, well, thanks for shutting my idea down. <laughs> I'm just hey, if you're gonna go with a scientific idea, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw the science at you. What did, what do you? Okay. Well, let's talk about the outcome. What do you want the outcome to be, and we can work from there. Oh, I, I, I like the idea that any surface that light hits is the only, um, are the only surfaces you can see and everything else is in darkness. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to picture that. So like sun comes down. Hmm. Yeah. I guess that's like, that's kind of what happens when you have, um, white light, but it's not a lot of it. Um, like if you have like a torch, it's not very diffused light, so it doesn't um, refract or spread from its source point. Uh, like say if you're in a in a room and you just shine a torch on an object, you see that object, but then behind it is pitch darkness. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's like, but yeah. with everything. Yeah. Hmm. Light is such a is such an interesting concept. I I remember because I was you know I think both of us are really fascinated by science as kids. And I remember mm. thinking about like how light, there's just so much of it all the time everywhere. And like, it's especially as, as someone who likes to draw, understanding light is such a, an integral thing because that's all drawing is, is just like capturing light, um, shaping around an object. Um, and it's like shadow and tone. Uh, so very, very cool. Okay. Hmm. I like that. Okay. What are we, what are we leaning towards? I think we've got this sort of from, I like the no liminal spaces, the no um, 
Yeah, and I think the honor thing kind yeah, of a mix of they, those. They mix because there's there's a middle ground between those, right? It's just like yeah. a, a society that has very strongly ingrained beliefs about the unprovable or the ephemeral. Um, yeah, I like that um, because liminal spaces. I feel like there's another step where it's like, I mean, it, it, they have no liminal spaces because they are superstitious. So mm. they're superstitious. They're honor honor bound. Okay, what do we know so, about so- them? Maybe, like, uh, we can kind of mix the two um, and have it that their actual god is their leader somehow. Oh, that's cool. So there's... um, And so when I think of liminal spaces, I am tying back to this witchcraft course that I did at uni. Mm. Um, And so liminal spaces are a place of, like, great magic. It's where uh, the border between planes and realms are weakened and so it's easier for uh spirits to get through there yeah so okay so, maybe yeah so their king is some sort of like divine power i like a god or god chosen so that there's some mystery there where it's not absolute yeah. but people still believe it um because it's like easier to make people believe mystery than it is fact you know yeah in in that mm-hmm. way um so they're like a demigod or like the, the son of a god sort of like um uh not i don't know there's this certain um uh, greco-roman um historical figures that i can't even think of that are you know they are kings because they are the sons of of gods um it's that vibe um and that god is maybe a god of uh, like magic or mystery or something um hmm. or maybe the complete opposite the reason they don't like liminal spaces is because they're they oh, gotta yeah. pause magic and yeah. and tells them well these magical spaces will like curse you yeah right and i also just had like a bit of an off-track idea that um maybe their leader is like an angel of this particular god but i don't know maybe something has happened to their god like maybe i don't know the angel uh has like uh, captured this god somehow and is draining of them, uh, draining them of their power in secret. Okay, here's an yes. idea. All right, mm-hmm. so this god is a god of magic and liminal spaces and and superstition yeah. and uh, like mm-hmm. uh, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But they have a uh, fallen angel or a servant of some kind who has superseded them, and so what they've done is they have taken over control of the the holy city and then taught mm. these people the opposite doctrine the the anti the nice. um, antipathy the uh, the antithesis um of the doctrine that like and so the god has lost so much power that they have been you know captured or or caught by this um deific figure um that's really fun okay i really like that that's cool yeah uh, i'm really interested in some of the architecture that these people would develop well, let's um, let's define a liminal space for me exactly. Okay, well, I'll look up a definition, but yeah. in my mind, a liminal space is um, any, like, point of change in your environment. Right. So doorways and stuff. That's where the tradition of carrying your bride, uh, like, over the threshold of your house comes oh, from. yeah. Because there was a thought that, like, if she tripped, the marriage was doomed. So you mm. carry her over so that women be can't trip her up. They women, do. They do be tripping. <laughs> um okay do, I'll do like windows count as that um because that could be uh, where your idea of darkness comes it could be really interesting this city is 
in darkness because they can't have windows and doors. That's and so interesting. I've, it's, I haven't thought of them as a liminal space, but I guess they, I guess they would are, probably right? to a lesser extent. No, yeah. So they would they would be on a on a scale of, uh, you know, um, my thought comes to. Um, in um, linguistics lately, I've been doing a lot of stuff on um, different languages uh, in the Asia Pacific region, and they a lot of them have um, gender class systems where you classify words into different categories. And so I, I'm thinking that maybe as a structure of the language that these people speak, you could categorize different liminal spaces into how powerful they are. So class one is noise, yeah. but class uh, three or four is windows because they are a lot weaker and then like the totally. opening of a the opening of a box is like five it's really weak but it is still yeah. one and is this i really like that i think the, the the fun part about this is that it's superstition sure but i think it's also real in that this yeah. is a magic I mean, system in the world yeah totally like um it, literally um there there is some kind that that space um is literally a slight weakening in the space between planes. And maybe yeah. this is like one isolated plane surrounded by others of darkness yeah. or, or evil and keeping those, uh, trying to get, uh, keep those liminal spaces to a minimum or at least like guarded in some way is very important. Well, well the, I, I think the, the angel leader is like, cause they've stolen or angel, I think is what we're going for, but they've stolen yeah. this people, this holy city, this incredibly powerful space full of millions of people and like old history and architecture and stuff. They've stolen mm. these people and they know that if there is a strong enough liminal space, the other angels of this deity will come and take them, like, oh, it will defeat them. Yes, so they're like, I love that. We need to have all entrances closed off and they've used this honor uh, bound society uh, to Heck yes, this is oh, this that's is very yeah, cool. this is nice. Very and cool. like, I like the idea. Um, well, the liminal spaces are almost kind of just a feeling that you can kind of sense. So yeah. I think also like mirrors can be liminal. Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe even certain times, like um, actually, yeah, no, this is just the something we discussed hour, yeah. in our course. Yeah, and like uh, usually, like the more rare the time, the more powerful it is. Like, mm. like. Like people who are born on leap years, their birthdays, their, the midnight of their birthday is yeah. a super, super uh, weak time. So or maybe those time, those people are like killed, sacrificed. Maybe sacrificed. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Um, or like special days as well, like a, um, a, um, uh, an eclipse or whatever. Those days it's like, okay, everyone yeah. has to be inside on this day we're not allowed to you know the few sacred doorways we have are bricked up so they cannot exist yeah. anymore because the power yeah. there's you know there is flow through of that power mm -hmm. um and we can't risk uh the ill favor okay what, what do the people in this city do because they're they're sort of just trapped in i'm sort of imagining like a big um the way that i imagine dragonborn citadels in DD &D is like a big stone egg sort of shape um mm. with because i'm like it's a citadel um it is a, a citadel uh you know is a keep essentially but it is a whole city inside of the one keep so it is this big stone egg um sort of shape or a, a dome like a like an igloo kind of thing um is that sort of what they live in or but it's like it used to be a normal city so they've had to convert this normal ancient city like um sort of like rome like this huge pardon me sprawling city they've had to convert into this way of life so hmm uh, uh yeah how 
maybe um, they've like developed techniques to help um, overcome like in doorways hanging fabric around them and stuff yeah I was just slightly thinking like about... lessons that makes it more fluid yeah I was thinking about if you had a spiral hallway and the walls slowly moved apart then it would never feel like a doorway as it led from yeah, one that's... room to yeah. another uh, yeah, I imagine that lots of like rooms that don't technically have doors, but they don't like, end or they're start. They're all kind of spherical and flow yeah. into each other, mm. and it's kind of like a big, like a conglomeration, like a big beehive that they all. Maybe it's like, um, or maybe okay, maybe it was this big citadel, and they they started digging these things into the ground. Yeah, I like that. Um, and so maybe maybe they they have like reclaim some of the stuff up the top and tried to modify it to be more fitting but they decided well if we're underground we can build these kind of passages yeah and then there's no windows there are no no windows yeah that's easy um so the upper city i think is the holy city well it is the holy city historically but i think it is considered a sacred space because it still has um it doesn't consign to their modern architecture idea, which mm. is uh, the no liminal spaces, sort of warbly uh, tunnels and buildings and things. Um, yeah. Uh, and so they've had to retroactively, you know, cover up doors and windows and things as much as possible, but it still remains like, has that feeling of, of sacredness. So if you want to pass up to, I think probably where their emperor is or empress or whatever, mm. um, is up above. I, 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 like, I, I like this idea that the emperor still resides over the sacred city um this, yeah. this like angel and so you have to like go through the holy city that is this strange architecture to you um and it's very like scary and you're like worried that you know bad ill favor is gonna fall upon you that's cool yeah i like the idea that there'd be some kind of big ritual you have to go through to pass from underground to above ground because yeah. that's the biggest liminal space of all yeah exactly that you know in in making themselves safe they've made themselves more mm. dangerous like endangered like I think there's there's maybe an idea that the above ground is like um is like a different plane unto itself. Yeah. Um to or pass like into the, the well, it's, like it's heaven. Hell. It's all yeah, it's or, heaven, yeah. Cuz it's it's like cuz uh, you know we both watched the um world building notes video. Was it world building notes video that that ever put out recently about how the sacred and the reviled are like the same thing? Um, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, it's one of the newer ones. It's fascinating because it talks about how, like, um, societies are like, oh, we, we must, you know, uh, say there's, like, a sacred uh, fruit. And it's like, after I t before and after I touch the sacred fruit, I must wash my hands because mm. I must... Oh, yeah, 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 I remember. Because power can kill you, you know. Mm. Um, but then over time, that can become, or vice versa, the the fruit is disgusting and so i must wash my hands before and after i touch it or i'll get sick yeah. because greatness like power can kill you in the same way that a disease could kill you um mm. and that's the same idea it's like we're going into the holy city which is a uh feared and loved uh like it, it is is feared and, and scary but b it is um, mm. loved and adored it is the grand and powerful thing and it has the power to kill the me. above <laughs> the yeah. above yeah Oh, very cool. Um, so I imagine these people would be very pale. Um, are they like humanoid? Yeah. I think kind of. I picture kind of humanoid with big eyes yeah. and uh, like like pale skin. Kind of um, gelfling like a little bit like Deet. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. 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 Um, um, kind of big dark eyes. Yeah. Um, oh, I really like this. Yeah, it's very okay. cool. Uh, what about outside the the 
the dome, essentially, the bubble. Um, the bubble. Yeah. Um, oh. I think it's, it's like probably normal. I mean, the, the, the god of this world or of this society has forsaken them, has been defeated. Mm. So maybe the world is quite desolate out there or wild, maybe untamed. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's just the god of this of like yeah. magic and liminal spaces that isn't yeah. there anymore and so maybe what well, depends whether this god creates those things or whether they uh control them yeah so I perhaps think... magic has gone wild out there and i don't know liminal spaces are popping up everywhere that's fun uh, i like that so the rest of that, the world i like... think is very normal there are other gods there's you know gods of warfare and stuff mm. but there is this sacred like or like powerful citadel that no one can enter because of the protection of this angel who has the worship yeah. of all of these people and thus is akin to a god mm. um no one can enter it but the rest of the world is rife with the untamed magic <gasps> of this god idea Mm -hmm. maybe because i like this city because the god is gone uh, the liminal spaces have kind of gone a bit haywire and so there is like a big old liminal space like a road surrounding this city and it's it's so strong a liminal space that if you try to get in or get out it transports you to another plane instead i love that i love that the, the idea that um this the way that this city is structured it's sort of like a battery for the that magic system it's just Mm. like there are all of these people who very strongly believe in this concept even though they do not like it they're like oh this is a bad thing that is still them like worshiping this religion but the religious figure at the head is not the god anymore so is and this this new, new deity essentially this angel is not controlling it um, but they are still like storing that power up. So this city is a battery, and then all of the energy is just like suffusing out into the world. And it, yeah, it has that effect where it's like a radius where the closer you get, the stronger it is, and you just can't get close to the city. You end up back where you started. Um, yeah, but and then maybe the rest it's getting of the bigger. world. Yeah, oh, it would be. Um, the rest of the world, um, it's probably like this world is defined by like if travelers came to this world, they would be like, wow, there's a lot of like teleportation magic and a lot of. Um, gateway magic and stuff and Mm. it's like yeah it just works better here Um, yeah and you know the learned would know that it's because of this huge battery that is powering it Um, that's really cool I mean we could (sighs) if we want we could extend this this concept further and have like I mean maybe in the future this is a possibility but like multiple cities or concepts like this that are batteries for magic like i think that's a really, i love that it's a cool yeah. basis for a magic system it's like all of like these necromancy es- yes oh and necromancy yeah all of the um like the gods are trapped um they mm. are these these wisps of gods because their primary disciples have taken their worship and are hoarding or- it I even like the idea, maybe one of them... We could turn this into a series, yeah? yeah? Maybe make one of them where it's literally the followers have torn this god down from the sky. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, are, are holding them down to the ground. Mm. But, oh, I want to cool. have a look at a bit more of a, a micro level yeah. in this, this world, what their the culture looks like. Yeah, for, for that stuff. But, yeah, we, we zoom in. Um well, it would, I, like, I mean, it's, it's very honorable. So there's probably a hierarchy to society, probably based off of yeah. height. The higher up in the tunnels you are, the closer to the surface, you know, you are the lords of these these families. And mm-hmm. then there are like servants under those and like lesser families. And maybe you... maybe even the, like the closest to the center of the complex, yeah. because then you're further away from the edges of it. Um, mm. So if you're, if you're I... at the top mm-hmm. in the middle, that's where like the most powerful yeah. families live. 
and maybe yes. there are like but then there is a sort of a con an inverse to that is that the like the dregs oh not the dregs of society but the servant class the the sort of servant class works in the city above serving tending to the needs of the emperor um yeah and, and that is considered a great honor but also is incredibly dangerous yeah um, so like it's that. like an honor that you do not want to be chosen for mm. i like i like the idea that they uh, work a lot with fabrics like i can imagine yeah. them wearing lots of different layers this kind of idea that they are solid the 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 fabrics are almost like a liquid then moving out they're almost trying to like diffuse their own silhouette yeah i like that to kind of disrupt that kind of uh, edge they make them in a way so that they don't have like hole like it's not like it's more like a um a toga in that it's like wrapped around as opposed to like a hole in the arms and legs and body because that's yeah that's a you know a, a akin to a liminal space but if it's just wrapped around then it's not a hole mm. it's it's an occlusion yeah. um so maybe they, they have like silkworms like these huge silkworms or something oh that yes. they they farm they tend to yeah that's that's cool. really cool i like fabric like trees that hang down from the ceiling with all these silkworms lots of little beads and stuff on the clothing yeah. um they use the trees like this, this oh that's actually sorry just made me give gave me a good idea a big mm. thing with like liminal spaces and dispelling spirits is sound like often people would ring bells oh that's awesome okay so, so like hanging be... tiny little bells from your hair and your clothes or like when there are like in hallways and stuff because hallways are like there may be like a, a five on the liminal space scale maybe there's yeah. whenever you walk down a hallway there are these bells hanging from the ceiling that you need to run your hand over yes. to dispel well any... uh, even i think it would be a hugely musical society then because it's so ingrained yeah. in the in the culture um that like all of the the undercity there's always music suffusing but they don't have you know recording technology so they're just playing you know it is a part of um the worship to um sit down and sing the praises and play instruments and stuff mm. um and there's always like a choir going in one of the churches one of the temples oh, i reckon there's an I, there's an episode of doctor who um which was with um i can't uh yeah it was with Matt Smith and Clara mm-hmm. and they there was uh, this big old god that someone had to constantly be singing to it to keep it asleep oh that is a so Cthulhu-esque love... idea that's that's from oh um, is it yeah so in um, in H.P. Lovecraft um, uh, I think it's Shabnagurath uh, something one of the gods is dr- the universe exists in that old god's dream and there are a thousand horn playing monsters that are constantly playing music to keep her asleep and if she ever wakes up the universe will end that's Um, so cool so there are death cultists Um, who are trying to wake her up (laughs) oh awesome yeah i so i was thinking that maybe there's this idea that well the the gateway to the to the above is the greatest liminal space at all um and so uh to help kind of diffuse that space and make sure nothing can pass through there are constantly there's a constant song going on at yeah. that that space uh, the song can never end someone has to be singing then someone else uh takes over and it has yep. to keep going yeah to... it's, it's the greatest um honor i would say in this society mm. is to be chosen to play the um 
the the song the the gateway song um yeah and you just you, you know you're crouched there playing whatever whatever instrument you've trained your whole life to be good at or like you mm-hmm. know singing or whatever and you're singing this song and it has to be like you know powerful and true like you can't just yeah. sing a song that you've heard you have it has to be like about you and about your like your heart and and stuff yeah. to diffuse this magic. Oh, I love this so much. This is such a good it's visceral so magic cool. system. It is really nice. Okay, that's awesome. Um, <sighs> what 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 else? Uh, oh, I was going to say about the trees that these um, silkworms grow on. They would probably that the wood of that would be very important, and you know they would use that to make their yeah. instruments and to make um, you know like I guess that's where most of the furniture comes from. It's probably a few different types of wood. My dog is barking. Um, a few different types of wood, but that would be the the most valuable. This sort yeah, of like ebony totally. black wood or something. Oh, cool! Um, awesome. I like I like the idea. Maybe <laughs> puppy. Yeah, she's going off. She she does this. <laughs> Here, Amanda trying to corral her as well. It's okay, Ellie. She just. Got excited. She's, she's seen the okay. she's seen the neighbor's dog. I think I can hear them talking too. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad I have my headphones in. Otherwise, Charlie would be going crazy as well. <laughs> um. Yeah, maybe like liquids are also very important because they're kind of this fluid. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the opposite idea, and you can mm-hmm. do libations as well. You can do holy on like offerings. So they would have like. Maybe there's a type of plant that they... Because it all has to grow in darkness, right? Or as, as mm. little light as they can muster with um, uh, torches and maybe like glowing crystals or something. Um, but they would have something akin to like a grapevine that they grow yeah. into, like they make wine out of. And then that's um, also used for um, quelling. Okay, so imagine if you will, there is a space. <laughs> um, this is the the opening, the, the, the great gate. Um and it is a horizontal hole, right, uh, in mm-hmm. the ground, the edges of which are completely, like, smoothed and rounded so that the yeah. transition is as smooth as possible. And then yeah. there is... And then it sort of curves in and becomes the ceiling of this cave that is open at the top, right? Yeah. Um, and at the base, there is complex carving in the ground that they pour wine into. And in ancient times, blood, and still in desperate times, blood, um, the blood <laughs> of these liminal humans, these people who would be gifted with magic because they were born on liminal times, uh, yeah. but they are not allowed to live. And in the center sits the musician, and they play all the time with this yes. offering going on around them to keep the gates safe. Yeah, I love it. I mm-hmm. love it so much. That's so good. Okay. Oh, wow. I had one more thought. Oh, yes. Um... I think also because I think mirrors are a bit of a liminal space as well. There's this idea that you can like pass, you know, uh, through the looking glass. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes there's a little bit of a fear around liquids as well. Like you're not supposed to look in your reflection in yeah. a liquid. So maybe like their cups are like some kind of uh, like fruit or a nut that's spherical. Yeah, and they just like car carved a hole into it and you pour the liquid in there and drink it out of it so you never there's never like a, a wide mm. enough or flat enough surface for you to see your own reflection in it if you spill any of it as well then you aren't allowed to look at it and you have to like you do the sort of throw salt over the shoulder or whatever it is yeah the, the equivalent something because that is making a mirror 
Um, yeah, pour, pour flour or sand over it. You haven't watched Escape from the Blood Keep, but there are these two stupid uh, ogres, I think they are, who are mm-hmm. the, the guardians of the door to um, uh, the Dark Lord's room. And they're just, they hate and are fascinated by doors. And their catchphrase is, <laughs> you made the door happen. Um, so they would fit right in in this society if you oh, accidentally amazing. break a hole in a wall that's also you know a dishonor yeah. on your family all right that's perfect uh what a cool i love this, this, oh, this i love it so much liminal gate focused world awesome so right. cool fantastic awesome i love it i love it okay cool we'll see you in 10 seconds yes Oh my gosh, I have the little thing right next to me here. I pinned it up on my board and now I'm actually sitting at my desk to record so I can see it. <laughs> oh wait, no, hang on, it doesn't have the thing it on it. It doesn't have the thing. I'm looking, mine's also Damn at it. my desk and we don't Heck. have the... Okay, now I've got this. I know Welcome- it. I'm pretty sure I know it. Okay. Welcome to The Sky Machine, a collective world building podcast about dynamic, fantastical and concise storytelling. Whoa, uh, I done did and, it. One and done, one and done. One That's and amazing. Done. You just got to not think about it. Mark that off on uh, on your uh, Sky Machine bingo Bu- sheets at home. Bu- uh, <laughs> bucket list. <laughs> on your bucket Get list. Right. Yep. Um, it, yeah, welcome to part three. What is the, what episode? Oh, dog going off. <laughs> what do we usually say? I don't know. I did not prepare anything. I just hit record and, and now we're here. Welcome to part three on this very special. We don't have a name for this world yet, I don't think. Um no, I no. the story is called Above and Below. I feel like that's a good name for, or just Above maybe is a good name for the world. Yeah, let's yeah, let, yeah, let's do yeah. that. I, I mean, don't know, think yeah. it's the name of the world, but it's like well, our the set, narrative the, the setting. name for the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, that's that's an interesting idea. Like, I'm working on my um, D and D world for the campaign that you play in the villain campaign. Um, and I'm yes. I'm doing uh, a law and order for that um and the campaign is called Maledic- maledictus nocta so the world is called maledictus nocta but like the world is actually called sulf but like the- i'm yeah. only ever planning to run this one campaign in this world um yeah so like i don't need to be like oh welcome to the world of sulf um like yeah the- yeah yeah mm. totally like my my the world you guys are playing in in my campaign isn't called the aura bound and the crossroads it's yeah, got a name. But it's got it's a name. Just, it's not relevant. What is the name of that world? Uh, it is Zarsia. I knew that. Okay. I knew that. You said that before. <laughs> I have said that before. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's not important. So mm. yeah. you've never played in any of my in my D and D world, have you? My main one. I don't think so. No. Ah, oh, we should do at least a one shot in the year. It's fun. It's just it's just I was talking about it the other night. I can just do whatever I want in it because I I don't have any like strict ideas. I'm just like ah whatever. <laughs> nice. Whereas my other campaigns are very like oh here is the concept and I'm gonna explore that pretty deeply. Uh, it is cool. just ah whatever goes. If I'm running a session, I'm like okay you guys are in this part of Eid because I know it well. Um, and I've been having a lot of really I think I don't know if it's if it's quarantine or just like luck, but I've been having a lot of really good D and D sessions lately where I've been getting nice feedback from my party, being like you did oh, a really nice. good job. And I'm That's like that's good. Shut up. <laughs> I don't want to feel emotions. 
God, that's like just such a nice compliment to get when yeah. uh, your party's like, wow, that was really fun. Yeah, it's it's like that's I spent hours doing this. I'm so yeah. glad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you have any tips or tricks or pieces of pop culture that you'd like to uh, talk about? Do you? Not really. Um, Neither. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. Um, I oh, I've been reading Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, um, mm-hmm. and nice. I just want to. It's there's there's a um, huge merit in because I've never really I own the Taldore one, which is the other one, which is non wizards, mm. um, but I didn't read it uh, fully. I just skipped through, skimmed through, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I've never really sat down and read through a setting module. Um, it's fantastic huge source of inspiration I'm, I'm finding so many cool little things in there that i'm like oh, oh i'm gonna awesome. steal this or i just want to run a, especially the menagerie coast it's like the first section that they they talk about is the menagerie coast um trey is playing animal crossing um uh, the, i didn't know that discord would tell me that someone was playing animal crossing so i was very surprised good um can, wait, does that mean you can get Discord, like, on the Switch? That's what I'm wondering. Hmm. How does it know? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I see it too. Yeah. Weird. Anyway. Um, <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to Trey. Sh- shout out to Trey and his love of Animal Crossing. Get those turnips, baby. Um, <laughs> I sold all my turnips today. It was great. Anyway. Um, ugh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. The um, Taldore, uh, no, sorry, the Wild Mountain campaign setting is, is so cool. Um, and I think, like, it's just because it's just world building for the love of world building. So if you're interested in world building, it's a fantastic resource to just pick up someone's campaign module and flip through. And I think Mercer has done a really good job of making this whole setting feel very consistent and, like, thematic. Oh, awesome. You know, you have the oppressive empire and the very like free menagerie coast like i just flipped from a menagerie coast the menagerie coast section to the empire section immediately everything is so much more depressing um it's it's like um amazing how he's done the tone so well but yeah that's 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 it really cool well Um, i have something actually um just the last week i've really gotten into painting miniatures oh yeah um it's something I, like, attempted, like, two years ago, and I was like, nope, this isn't for me. But then a really cool mini came in at the shop that I work at, and I was like, damn, that's cool, <laughs> I'm going to have another go. Turns out I really like it. But the yeah. thing is, I um I don't use minis in games, and that's what I thought we could discuss, using yeah. uh, miniatures and stuff. Because neither of us usually uh, do it in the games that we know i i you? see i generally um i like theater of the mind i think it um mm. means that it it, it opens <sighs> it's if you have minis then people have to imagine the creature looking like the mini you know um yeah, but yeah. if if you have theater of the mind then you know they can fill in the blanks and do whatever they want um and as well as that it means that people are they think laterally more often like if i haven't mm. uh you know built up people do like whole terrain things and stuff if, and say they're in like a forest and someone's like oh is there a vine nearby if they look at the minis they're not going to think that because there isn't a vine um yeah. whereas if we're playing and we're in a forest people will be like so there's a vine right and i'm like yeah mm. awesome yeah, if totally, you want there to be one i'll let you that have makes one sense. 
the issue that I've had lately is that I, I play with people who are like on the other side of the world and um, we've been having some, you know, we're getting to the higher tier of play. Like they've just reached level 10, yeah. um, which is insane that I've gone from level three to level 10. Oh my God. I can't imagine. Um, <laughs> like, and not XP, but milestone, but still like slowly over the last like year and a half. Still, um, yeah. But uh, th- lately they've been like, okay, we just can't understand what's going on in this fight. So we've had to mm-hmm. get out a whiteboard grid thingy, the terrain thing, uh, the visual one, and then yeah. point the camera at it that, because I play with yeah, people on the other side of the world um, uh, and they can see it quite clearly. And then we use like different colors, like red for enemies and stuff. And I think it's a good middle ground where it's like people can think very tactically and they can get more engaged by being like, oh, I want to be exactly here. Um, and, or, or I want to, you know, do these exact things, but it's not like limiting their imagination because it is just, I just write the letter S for a salamander, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, then totally. they fill in the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I don't play with them for the same reason, but I play in a game, uh, where we do use minis. Um, and I think it, it works. It's mostly because the DM in that game, her favorite part of it is, is building dungeons, the process of, mm. of constructing these, these little mazes. And that's what she really likes. And she likes, um, painting minis and stuff. And so she, she does that. Um, yeah. and so I think it works in that setting, but like, if you don't, I, I agree. I prefer to use theater of the mind also because, um, I think I'm, I like writing and everything like that and I feel like I can be pretty descriptive in my writing when I mm. need to be but doing that in the moment uh, when I'm DMing is tough and so yeah. it kind of forces me to practice describing something on the fly. Yeah, for sure. Good. Instead of just being like oh, and here is what you see you have to be like, yeah. I, have to, I have to tell you what you see. Yes. Um, that's that's like because you use a lot of images and i for the same reason i often find that very limiting it's like no don't show me what this guy looks like because i've got an image of it in my head and i don't want to be you know it's, it's rough for me to be told that that's wrong or whatever yeah so often i'll just like discredit the images like you're like this is what yeah. the character looks like and i'm like mm, i guess that's totally fine because because the images that i generate i do it for my purpose more than yeah. yours so maybe i should start having them but not showing them to you guys that's probably a better way to do it but it's yeah it's just because in my mind this is exactly what this person looks like and mm. part of that image helps her characterization yeah and so i feel like i need to share that but, I, yeah that's mm. that's true i often find that like sometimes over time characters like will change appearance to match you know whatever true. thing and so if i've like set it down in concrete i've sort of like narratively shot myself in the foot a little because i'm like yeah i get that think of the barry blue jeans effect barry blue jeans early on in the campaign they described him with a uh which celebrity was it but not an attractive celebrity he's like a 45 year old man and then he becomes a you know spoilers love interest sort of later on and it's like a very beautiful romantic plot and then you remember that he's like a 45 year old man (laughs) we just ignore that yeah, I think it was, you know, Griffin sort of retconned it Re- a little. We retconned it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And was like, that was just a joke that we made. Barry, it's, there's mm-hmm. nothing weird. Also, his love interest is several hundred years old and an elf. So, like... <laughs> that is true. So... Mm, he's the younger yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, but I've been getting into mini painting a lot, and I don't use them in combat, but yeah. it's a fun thing just to paint them. Um, I, I have ordered a single mini that I will say nothing mm-hmm. more about because this could anyway um oh, and wait I'm, what 
Uh, it's no, you're fine. It's just if listeners, certain listeners, okay, yeah, um, all right, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I bought it. I bought a single mini, um, and I'm so excited to paint it. It's gonna be really fun. And I think I want to do like green stuff and like uh, nice. sort of adjust it and everything. Um, cool. Very but cool. as 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 well as that, oh yeah. The, the the main reason I don't use minis is every time I look at a mini, I'm like, ah, one day. Like I feel like I will use minis one day when I'm just like running yeah. casual games for like my family or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But they are prohibitively expensive, just absurdly. Like, yes. So one of the only reasons I feel compelled to get into this now is that I have a friend who um, recently got a 3D printer. Oh, and yeah. so, I, like, I will still pay her for minis, but they will be a hell so of a lot cheaper, cheaper now. Oh, my God. See, I, I've always and said better. that just... if I could just get appropriately sized bases, um, mm. I would just make my own out of, like, clay or, like, nice. even blue tech. I feel like blue tech would be really yeah. fun to make little, like, basic, cute little blue tech minis yeah, um, that are just evocative. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's cool. I, I, I totally had nothing planned for this part. I was just going to say um, that I, there is this, um, during quarantine, this pressure to be creative that I think a lot of us feel. And then yeah, uh, I, I think it's just important to say that um, the only thing you need to do to come out of this quarantine successful is to not catch or transfer coronavirus. Um, yes. <laughs> so you don't have to feel bad like, oh my God, I didn't write my manuscript or whatever. Uh, yeah. If you were it's inside just... for most of the time, you won. Yes, exactly. It's survival. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, thank you, Such. Uh, just uh, briefly, a uh, mm. bit of a media recommendation. Um, I'm re-listening to a true crime podcast uh, that I listened to like a year ago. Mm. Um, and I don't know, I've been, I've been watching BuzzFeed Unsolved lately. And I've been really getting into all my murder mystery stuff. Mm. Um, so it's called Bear Brook. It's really, really good. Um, awesome. It's uh, a bit nasty in certain areas. So if you don't like squeamish stuff, don't listen to it. But it's it's really, really well done. And it's really intriguing. Not to mention mm. um, bits of it are still unknown. And oh. the person making the podcast... Um, has said he'll update people if he finds out anything more, which is exciting. Oh, but That's so good. Yeah. There you go. That's just a little recommendation for you. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reckon that'll do cool. us. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for hanging around. Hopefully you liked this episode. Thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, re- review. to sh- Share with your friends. Tell everyone. We're completely word of mouth. So Yeah, 100%. If you're- enthused and drop jump on the discord like we uh everyone has free time at the moment and as i said there's no pressure to be creative during quarantine but if you feel like being creative we are here to like provide you with prompts and talk to you and stuff so yeah talk to us please i'm so lonely oh god (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i'm fine okay okay everyone have a nice morning evening or afternoon goodbye oh i like that (laughs) goodbye Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.